Welcome back to another exciting episode of Paranormal Stories and Spooky Shiz. I'm your host, Chappie, and let's get into it. All right, let's get into our topic today. The best horror movies that are actually based on true stories. So a lot of horror stories that we have grown up watching in our movies let us express fear and everything in a safe environment. But some of these stories, as crazy and bizarre as they are, are true. Let's get into one article. All right. This is from Harper's Bazaar. When it comes to scary movies, you call call in one of two camps. Either you love them and eagerly anticipate the next slasher film, or you're like me. You give a big old nope anytime you see a trailer for one. For those that do enjoy being temporarily frightened, there's a good psychological reason for this. As I was saying earlier, they can serve a safe channel for us to unleash fear and anxiety, going so far as to actually grant us coping strategies. You know, in case you encounter the devil in real life. (laughs) While the predictable and outlandish jump scare is fine for a cheap thrill, scary movies are infinitely more terrifying when they're based on a true story because in this could happen to you aspect of it all as it turns out there are plenty of real life incidents that make great horror movie fodder even if it means you have to sleep with the nightlight on for weeks afterwards number one annabelle 2014 What is it about children's toys that can be so terrifying? Based within the Conjuring universe, Annabelle is a vintage porcelain doll cursed by a demonic spirit, causing hauntings and violent ends to those that would wrong her. In real life, Annabelle is a supposedly haunted Raggedy Ann doll owned by paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren. She was originally gifted to the student nurse in 1970, But according to a psychic medium, the doll was inhabited by the spirit of a dead girl named Annabelle and is said to be responsible for two near-death experiences, one fatal accident, and many demonic activities in the past 30 years. Under the glass case in which real Annabelle sits reads the words, Warning, positively do not open. Alright, this one actually freaks me out. (laughs) And you know I love the spooky, I do, but this one legitimately freaks me out. A Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. (laughs) For a killer that hunts teenagers in their sleep, it's surprising to know that Freddy Krueger's murders in Nightmare on Elm Street are based on a series of articles published by the L.A. Times in the 70s. Hmong refugees had fled war-torn Southeast Asia for the United States. One young boy, whose family had survived the killing fields of Cambodia, had terrible nightmares of something chasing him in his sleep. He was afraid that if he slept, the thing chasing him would get him, 
so he tried to stay awake for days at a time. Director Wes Craven told Cinema Blend in 2014, when he finally fell asleep, his parents thought this crisis was over. Then they heard the screams in the middle of the night. By the time they got to him, he was dead. He died in the middle of a nightmare. That is truly terrifying. Mm -mm. Cannot with that one. That one gets me. <laughs> that is crazy. My goodness. Art mirrors life. Life mirrors art. I don't know. This is some freaky stuff. All right. Back to our list. Borderland 2007. Three recent Texas graduates, Ed, Henry, and Phil, head down to Mexico for a week of loose fun. But things take a sinister turn when one of them goes missing. It's revealed that Phil, that Phil has been kidnapped by a serial killer slash cult leader who's preparing a human sacrifice to bless their drug smuggling racket. The murderous cult leader is based on Adolfo de Jesus Costanzo, a Cuban-American drug dealer and cult leader whose sect performed multiple ritualistic killings in Matamoros, Mexico, during the 80s. Wow. That's freaky. All right. As you've seen in uh, Netflix specials recently, Dahmer... 2002. Actor Jeremy Renner's breakout role came in the form of portraying sadistic killer Jeffrey Dahmer in this independent film. Talk about jumping in the deep end. Dahmer's case is particularly gruesome. In case you're not familiar, he murdered, mutilated, and partially consumed 17 boys and young men during the late 70s to early 90s. Dahmer is told in a mix of present day and flashbacks to the killer's early years, as well as his troubled relationship with his father. While undoubtedly horrifying, the film was both well-received and criticized for its attempt to rationalize the monstrous, per a New York Times review. Wow. All right. Poltergeist, 1982. This one freaks me out, too. They're here, the little gir blonde girl says as the TV flickers with static. It's an iconic moment in a scary cinema, to be sure, and the events of Poltergeist are based on terrifying things that happened at the Herman House in 1958. Bottles containing various substances began to pop and move about the house. The Herman's bottle of holy water tipped over for no apparent reason. Other household objects were thrown across the room with no devices that could have repelled them. This was per a story in Life magazine. News of the strange occurrences made the news. But, out, but after about a month and 70 documented reports of unusual activity, everything stopped. The Steven Spielberg-produced Poltergeist is more sensational than what happened to the Hermans, but a classic nonetheless. Alright, Scream, 1996. 
It's one of the most iconic horror films of all time, but few may know that Scream is based on a true story. A string of murders committed by Danny Rawling, a.k.a. Gainesville Ripper, served as the basis for Ghostface in the classic slasher flick, starring Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Neve Campbell, and Drew Barrymore. Rowling murdered five students in Gainesville, Florida, in quick succession, raping, stabbing, and mutilating his victims. He claimed he wanted to be the next Ted Bundy and pleaded guilty to five counts of murder and was sentenced to death in 1994. All right, this one's equally freaky. The Amityville Horror, 1979. In 1974, Robert Defoe Jr. shot and killed six members of his family in their home in Long Island, New York. After the crimes, George and Kathy Lutz and their three children moved into the house, but merely a month later, they fled. They said they were being terrorized by evil spirits and other paranormal phenomena, like experiencing cold spots in the house and finding sons, Daniel and Christopher, levitating in their beds. When a priest came to bless or exorcise the house, he allegedly heard a voice scream, Get out, and vowed never to return. The events, which have since been labeled a hoax, serve as inspiration for the best-selling book and film, The Amityville Horror. Alright, I didn't know this one was based on a true story, but The Birds, 1963. One of Alfred Hitchcock's most iconic films, The Birds centers on a small Californian coastal town terrorized and rendered hopeless by a flock of malevolent malevolent birds. It's based on the short story by Daphne du Maurier, but it has roots in history. When residents of Capitola, California awoke to a straight a scene straight out of a horror movie. Inexplicably, Hordes of seabirds were dive-bombing their homes, crashing into cars, and spewing half-digested anchovies onto lawns, according to local news reports. It was a complete mystery at the time, but scientists now believe a neurotoxin, domoic acid, was to blame for the birds' bizarre behavior. <laughs> the Entity, 1982. In 1974, single mother of three, Doris Bither claimed to have experienced poltergeist activity, strange odors, objects falling from shelves by themselves, and weird lights. After seeing a hazy apparition, Bither complained or claims to have been sexually assaulted by the evil spirits inhabiting her home. She contacted a parapsychologist, Barry Taff and Carrie Gaynor, who took photos during his investigation of the house. Strange lights did appear in the photographs, but upon analysis were attributed to common photography mistakes like accidental manipulation of exposure dial. But their story is a sad one, as she was all, by all accounts rather troubled. But where a psychologist or social worker would have identified her as a woman who needed help, Taff and Gaynor saw an opportunity to bolster their work. Bither's story was adapted to the film in 1982, and she died in 1999. All that's sad. Well, 
all of these are sad. <laughs> all right, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, 2005. An intelligent court drama with scary supernatural ele elements starring Laura Linney. The Exorcism of Emily Rose is the story of a young woman who dies during an attempted exorcism. Father Richard Moore is charged with negligent homicide and an investigation into her death via his trial ensues. The character of Emily is based on the real experiences of German woman Annalise Michael, who we've talked about before, who at 16 began hallucinating and shaking uncontrollably. She was diagnosed with epilepsy and psychosis, but her Catholic devout family believes she was possessed by demons. Six years after her symptoms first showed, a local pastor was granted permission to perform an exorcism twice a week. After initial improvements, she had deteriorated and died of starvation at 23. All right, The Exorcist, 1973. Still regarded as one of the most terrifying films of all time, the Exorcist is based on the book of the same name by William Peter Blatty. The film told the story of a young girl possessed by a demon, and the priest tasked with exorcising the evil presence from her body. The novel and subsequent film are based on a true story of Roland Doe, a 13-year-old young boy from the late 1940s whose aunt had taught him about spiritualism, like how to use a Ouija board. Shortly after his aunt died, strange things began happening around the house, including dripping noises and scratch marks found on the boy's body and mattress. Multiple priests were enlisted to perform exorcisms, and the events were reported in an article for the Washington Post, published in August 1949. All right. Snowtown, 2011. This Australian film is based on the true story of the horrific Snowtown murders committed by Robert Joe Wagner, James Spearden Vlaskis, and John Justin Bunting. In the early late 90s in South Australia, otherwise known as the Bodies in the Barrels murders, the remains of eight victims were discovered in steel drums in Snowtown on... May 20th, 1999. While at the cinemas, some audience actually walked out due to the gruesome torture and violence depicted in the film, which told the story of John Bunting's life, but overall, Snowtown was critically well-received. All right, The Stepfather, 1987. Though, of course, a sensationalized version slasher movie, The Stepfather is based loosely on the true story of murderer John List, who killed his wife, mother, and three children at their home in New Jersey, and then disappeared. He's, he assumed a new identity as Bob Clark, settling in Denver and remarrying. He eluded justice for close to 18 years before he was finally apprehended in 1989, thanks to an episode of America's Most Wanted. In The Stepfather, the fictional killer, Jerry Blake, marries a widow with a teenage daughter and continues his murderous tendencies. However, in real life, List expressed remorse for what he'd done, and he died from complications of pneumonia in prison in 2008. 
All right. The Town That Dreaded Sundown, 1976. The Phantom of Texarkana is an unidentified serial killer that attacked eight people, five of whom died, over a 10-week period in the spring of 1946 around the Texarkana region of Arkansas and Texas. The slayings caused a state of panic throughout the summer and served as the inspiration for the 1976 film The Town That Dreaded Sundown and was remade in 2014. While the prime suspect was petty criminal Yule Swinney, the killer was never identified. Winchester, 2018 In San Jose, California, stands a house like no other. It's a gargantuan and chaotic Victorian structure built by Sarah Winchester. The widow of firearms magnate Will William Wirt Winchester, an heiress to the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. Distraught after the death of both her daughter and husband, Mrs. Winchester saw a psychic medium who told her she would be forever be haunted by those killed at the barrel of Winchester rifles. Wow. The spirits demanded that she build them a house, and as more people continued to be killed by Winchester weapons, she could never cease construction. From 1884 to 1922, workers, builders worked on the house round the clock, resulting in seven stories, some 160 rooms, 2,000 doors, 47 stairways, some of which lead to unexpected places like a 15-foot drop or nowhere at all. The horror film Winchester stars Helen Mirren as Mrs. Winchester in the spooky adaptation of the true story. Very cool. I mean, sad, but cool. Wolf Creek, 2005. In the late 80s and early 90s, Ivan Malat hunted and murdered multiple hitchhikers, a practice considered a safe and cheap means of travel in Australia at the time. Through southern South New South Wales and Australia, in Australia, the bodies of seven missing young adults aged 19 to 22 were found partially buried in the Belanglo State Forest. Malat was convicted and died in prison, serving as the inspiration for Wolf Creek's deranged serial killer, Mick Taylor. The actor John Jarrett said it took him six months to perfect the menacing laugh his character is now famous for. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, welcome back. So I found an article on yardbarker.com that really goes into a lot more detail to some of these um, movies that I've mentioned already. So if it's a repeat, I apologize, but this one gives way more details. So of course I want that one. (laughs) So let's jump right into it. 
25 Horror Movies That Were Based on True Stories by Matt Sullum. When watching an especially scary horror movie, it's easy to dismiss the film's fright as fake. Unless, of course, the plot happens to be inspired by actual events. This makes things a bit more tricky and a bit more terrifying, or at least more entertaining. Consider yourself warned. You may be surprised by some of the entries on this list. Here are the 25 best horror movies based on true stories. Alright, starting us off on number one is The Exorcist, 1973. Often referred to as the scariest horror movie in history, The Exorcist is based on a true story. Well, actually, it's based on a 1971 book by the same name by William Peter Blatty, who served as a producer and a screenwriter on the film. But the book is based on the exorcism of Roland Doe. Doe was the pseudonym given to a young boy who, in the late 1940s, was visited by several priests attempting to cure him of an alleged demonic possession. Roland reportedly spoke in a gravelly voice and was blamed for furniture and objects mysteriously moving or flying across the room, as well as a number of strange, unexplained noises. During two separate exorcisms, the boy also became violent, breaking the nose of one priest and slipping out of one of the arm restraints, sticking his arm into his mattress, breaking a metal spring, and stabbing a different priest with the sharp object. Very spooky. All right. This next one actually freaks me out. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right. Let's see what they have to say about this one. The 1974 horror classic, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, as well as the entire franchise of sequels and remakes, was entirely fictional, but some elements were inspired by notorious 1950s Wisconsin murderer Ed Gein. When Gein was arrested for killing a local hardware store owner, he also confessed to a previous murder, and the authorities then discovered he had exhumed several corpses from the local cemetery. Using these bodies, he fashioned a wastebasket, lampshade, and masks made of human skin and faces, placed human skulls on his bedposts, stitched together a belt made of nipples, and collected a plethora of other body parts as trophies. In short, he made Leatherface look sane by comparison. That is freaky. All right, Jaws, 1975. The epic monster movie Jaws was based on Peter Benkley's 1974 book of the same name, which wasn't inspired by any specific shark attack, but instead the exploits of the shark fishermen, Frank Mundus and Captain Quint of Jaws, was allegedly modeled after the Long Island native, even though Benkley denies this fact. However, Shaw personally confirmed the tie between Mundus and his character, and Munch's friend and family, friends and family, have no doubts about what they deem an obvious connection. 
The Town That Dreaded Sundown, 1976 and 2014. The Phantom Killer, or Phantom Slayer, responsible for the so-called Texarkana Moonlight Murders, attacked eight people, claiming the lives of five, over two and a half months in 1946. The unknown assailant was never caught, and the terrifying events were immortalized in The Town That Dreaded Sundown, which was first released in 1976, and later remade in, 19, or in 2014. Unlike many films based on a true story, the details of this film generally align quite closely with the true narrative, right down to the character of Manuel Trazazas. Lone Wolf Gonzalez, who was in fact a real Texas Ranger who worked on the case. All right, The Hills Have Eyes, 1977. No one knows for sure if the legend of Sonny Bean is a true story, but according to folklore, Bean was the leader of a 48-person clan in the 16th century Scotland that kidnapped, killed, and ate more than 1,000 people. During the search for the mysterious murderers, locals lynched numerous innocents, and upon capturing Bean, they brutally executed him and his followers. This tale of a cannibalistic clan that turned normal people into savages on both sides of the law was the inspiration for The Hills Have Eyes, a 1977 horror film written, directed, and edited by Wes Craven. A remake was released in 2006 along with a sequel in 2007 but neither could stand up to the original <clears throat> the amityville horror 1979 <clears throat> as scary as it is the basic premise of the 1979's the amityville horror is absolutely true robert or Ronald Defoe Jr. really did shoot and kill all six members of his family in a Dutch colonial house in Amityville, New York, and the home was later occupied by the Lutz family. The Lutzes allegedly experienced much of the phenomena portrayed in the film, and the supposed nonfiction book by Jay Anson on which it was based, including swarms of flies inside the house out of season, vivid nightmares of murders, cold spots, mysterious smells and noises, and the fact that George Lutz would unintentionally wake up every morning at 3.15, which he later found out was the times that the murders took place. And yes, the Lutz family really did flee the house without their possessions, never to return. All right, Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. I know we mentioned this one before, but this gives quite a bit more information. The character of Freddy Krueger was entirely an invention of writer and director Wes Craven, as was the teen-centric aspect of the film. But the fear and possibility of dying in one's sleep due to terrifying nightmares, that's unfortunately a very real thing. In the 1970s, a group of Southeast Asian genocide refugees in the U.S. suffered from such vivid night terrors that some refused to sleep. A few who eventually fell asleep died during their slumber, despite being otherwise healthy. The condition was first dubbed Asian Death Syndrome 
but was later called Sudden Unexplained Death Syndrome, or Brugada Syndrome. And it was Craven's inspiration for his now-famous, uber-popular horror franchise. All right, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, 1986. At the time of its release in 1986, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, caught a lot of heat. It was slapped with an X rating, mostly due to excessive violence, but it also received general acclaim from critics. Michael Rooker starred in this psychological horror film as Henry, a character loosely based on the real-life serial killer Henry Lee Lucas. Henry's cohort in the film, Otis, was also inspired by an actual person, Otis Toole. To be clear, this is in no way a bioptic about Lucas and does not claim to be, but that didn't matter to the audiences. Although the box office numbers were low, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, was well-received, especially considered considering its insanely modest budget of just $110,000. All right, Dead Ringers, 1988. All right. The true story of twin gynecologist brothers who worked together and died together in their Manhattan apartment of barbiturate Barbituate overdose or withdrawals just days apart is really odd enough, but when the author Barry Wood and director David Cronenberg got their hands on the topic, they turned it into an ever weirder tale of brothers who seduce patients and secretly swap places on the way to their untimely ends. Generally well received by critics and audiences alike, Dead Ringers won numerous honors, including killing at Canada's Genie Awards, and starred Jeremy Irons as both Beverly and Elliot Mantle. Alright. Ooh, this one. I knew this one was going to be on this list. Oh, I'm not ready. <laughs> I could do an entire episode on this one, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I prefer Supernatural over serial killer <laughs> but i digress the silence of the lambs 1991 another horror film another ed gein inspired character this time the creepy killer was the source behind buffalo bill aka jane gum the serial killer sought by clarice starling jody foster in 1991's the silent of Silence of the Lambs, often cited as one of the greatest films of all time. In the film and the 1988 novel on which it was based, Bill's targets were strictly overweight women because he aimed to make a woman suit out of skin for himself to wear. This was also the goal of Gein, who wanted to become his deceased mother through similar means. However, Bill was also based on numerous other killers, including Jerry Brudos, Ted Bundy, Gary Heidnick, Edmund Kemper, and Gary Ridgway. No wonder he was such a creepy character. All right. Cannibal, the musical, 1993. What kind of deranged 
individuals hear the story of Alfred Packer, a prospector who was convicted of eating his five travel companions and killing one while stranded in the Colorado mountains in 1874 and thinks this would have made a great horror comedy musical. The answer is the same two deranged individuals who created South Park, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Initially called Alfred Packer, the musical, the film was released prior to the duo scoring their now infamous animated series, but it didn't receive widespread attention and a cult following until after it being acquired by Troma Entertainment, veteran horror filmmakers and creators of Toxic Avenger franchise in 1996 and renamed Cannibal the Musical. Wow. A lot of these could be episodes in and of themselves. I know I've heard this story recently um, on This Is Why We Drink, which is also a really cool true crime and supernatural podcast. All right, Scream, 1996. Few people realize it, but 1996 Scream is a slasher film which that also satirizes the slasher genre. But Wes Craven classic was actually inspired by true events. In 1990, Danny Rawling, a.k.a. the Gainesville Ripper, terrorized Florida college students with a string of five grisly murders over the course of just four days. He was later linked to a previous triple homicide. When screen, screenwriter Kevin Williamson first heard a news story about the killings, he noticed an open window in his house, became concerned, and subsequently penned an 18-page script that later became the now iconic film. All right, this one's been mentioned before, but it also has more information. Dahmer, 2002. Unlike many entries on this list, the 2002 film Dahmer isn't just based on a true story. It's an actual bioptic about serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer, who raped, murdered, and dismembered, and in some cases partially preserved and or consumed, 17 males in Wisconsin between 1978 and 1991. With the exception of the victims' names and a few minor details, the acclaimed horror film was an actual representation of the atrocious crimes committed by Dahmer, who was portrayed by young Jeremy Renner in one of his earliest roles. All right. The Mothman Prophecies, 2002. In 1966 and 1967, numerous residents of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, reported seeing a large winged creature dubbed Mothman. Journalist John Keel investigated these claims and tying in his own theories about UFOs and other unexplained phenomena, he penned the nonfiction book Visitors from Space, The Astonishing, True Story of the Mothman Prophecies also known by the shortened name, The Mothman Prophecies, in 1975. More than 25 years later, the book was adapted into a moderately successful film written by Richard Haddam, directed by Mark Pellington and starring Richard Gere. 
Open Water, 2003. Imagine taking a chartered boat miles away from shore for scuba diving expedition and resurfacing only to find that you've been left behind, strandedly, stranded helplessly in shark-infested water. That's the plot of 2003 survival horror flick Open Water, and it's also the story of Tom, Tom and Elaine Lonergan, who were forgotten during a 1998 dive in the Coral Sea and were never seen again. Shot on a budget of just $120,000, Open Water eventually earned $55 million at the worldwide box office. Wolf Creek, 2005. Wolf Creek is a 2005 horror film about three backpackers in Australia who are kidnapped, tortured, and assaulted, and after escaping, hunted down by a killer named Mick Taylor. Although critics were divided, few can deny that Wolf Creek is a horrifically scary film, made even more disturbing by the fact that it's loosely based on actual events. In 1996, Australian Ivan Milot was convicted of murdering seven backpackers between 1989 and 1993. The film also drew inspiration from the actions of Bradley John Murdoch, a fellow Aussie who murdered English backpacker Peter Falconio in 2001. In fact, an Australian court delayed the release of Wolf Creek in the country's northern territory in an attempt to avoid influencing Murdoch's then ongoing trial. All right. Borderland. Borderland is the only film on this list that holds a perfect 100% freshness rating on Rotten Tomatoes. The 2007 Zev Berman horror film is also based on a true story of Adolfo Costanzo, a Cuban-American drug lord and serial killer who led a cult of followers dubbed the Narco-Satanists in Mexico in the 80s. Costanzo believed magic spells and the ritualistic killings of more than a dozen victims strengthened his gang, and Berman used Costanzo's cult as the inspiration for his acclaimed film. All right, Blackwater, 2007. No demons or serial killers were featured in 2007 film Blackwater. Instead, the horror flick co-directed by David Nerlich and Andrew Trockey focuses on three people who are stalked by numerous crocodiles while on vacation in Australia. Croc attacks are on the rise in general in Australia, given the increasing population of both the animals and humans. But Trockey said the inspiration for the film came from one specific account of two teens who climbed up a tree to avoid a crocodile that killed their friend only to have the animal continue to circle the base of the tree and hinder their escape. And to add another element of realism to the film, Blackwater mostly eschewed CGI in favor of 10 real crocodiles, one of which actually ate a camera. Wow. Girl Next Door, 2007. Sometimes fact really is stranger than fiction. 
In Indianapolis back in 1965, a 16-year-old girl, Sylvia Likens, was put under the care of the Banaszewski family, family, who held captive, humiliated, and brutally repeatedly tortured Likens until she eventually died of shock, malnutrition, and brain hemorrhage. Given the extent of the Likens' injuries and other atrocities committed against her, as well as the fact that the perpetrators included matriarch Gertrude Benazuski, two of her teenage children, and two neighbor kids, the events have been described as the most terrible crime ever committed in the state of Indiana. Jack Ketchum adapted the crimes to a 1989 novel titled The Girl Next Door, which was, in turn, adapted into a film of the same name in 2007. Oh, man. I saw the title of this one, The Strangers, 2008. And I was like, no, tell me that's not based on a true story, please. All right. When director Brian Bertino wrote The Strangers, he was thinking of two real-life events, the infamous Manson family murders and the Ketty Cabin murders. Although the story of the former is well-known, the latter is a still-unsolved quadruple homicide that took place in Northern California's Sierra Nevadas in 1981. Both incidents involved home invasions, stranger-on-stranger violence, and mass murders. Although in The Strangers, the terrorized victims were just two people, a couple played by Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman. Now that was a creepy movie. All right, The Possession, 2012. I feel like there was like a whole 10 years where like possession movies were the thing to do. (laughs) If you see The Possession then find out it's based on a true story. Your first question would likely be, is the Dybbuk box real? The short answer, yes. Yes, it is. At least according to its numerous owners throughout the years. Most of them have reported strange phenomena that accompany the object. When making the 2012 supernatural horror movie, the filmmakers, including producer Sam Raimi and star Jeffrey Dean Morgan, wanted nothing to do with the box. Hell no, said the screenwriter Juliet Snowden to its owner. We don't want to see it. Don't send us a picture of it. And according to the director, Ole Bornadel, five days after the film ended, all the props were destroyed in a storage facility fire. The fire department never found the cause of the mysterious blaze, Bornadel added. The Conjuring, 2013. In 2013, film audiences were formally introduced to Ed and Lorraine Warren, real paranormal investigators portrayed in The Conjuring series by Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. The first movie in a five-film franchise, The Conjuring focused on the supposed real-life haunting of the Perrin family, Rhode Island farmhouse back in the 1970s. The $20 million film, the $20 million film slew at the box office to the tune of $319.5 million 
and it led to an equally successful sequel. Wow. My goodness. And this is why they made a million exorcist movies or possession movies, because they they are scary. <laughs> they work. They make money. All right. The Sacrament, 2014. Eli Roth was a producer on The Sacrament, a horror film based on tragic events of the 1978 cult massacre at Jonestown, beset in the current era. Presented as found footage, the 2013 thriller was written and directed by T. West, and despite earning just $9,221 at the box office, earned generally positive reviews from critics and audiences alike. The Conjuring 2, 2016 Yes, this is one of those rare instances where a sequel holds up to the original. Director James Wan and stars Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga all returned for The Conjuring 2 in 2016 to tackle another one of the Warrens investigations. Although the film begins with Ed and Lorraine checking out the aforementioned Lutz home in Amityville, New York, which they actually investigated in real life, the setting soon shifts to England for a visit with the Hogden, Hogsden, Hodgson, I don't know, <laughs> family, and the Enfield poltergeist. When we previously said the sequel to The Conjuring was equally successful, we meant it. The original took in $319.5 million. The sequel made $320.4 million. Wow. That's crazy. That's why they keep making them. All right. Veronica. 2017. In 2017, Spanish language horror film Veronica is based on the so called Felicus case of 1991. As the supposedly true story goes, Estefania Gutierrez Lazaro conducted a seance at her school one day using a Ouija board. And mid ritual, a nun came in and broke the board. Following this event, Estefania experienced months of seizures and hallucinations of strange shadowy figures, eventually culminating, spoiler, in her mysterious death. When the police came to investigate, strange noises were heard in her house. Furniture moved on its own, and a crucified Jesus figure separated from its cross on the wall. The events remained a mystery, and if you ask us, it's also puzzling how such creepy events took 26 years to get onto the big screen. No, thank you. All right. Those were great. Let's take a short break and get right back at it after this. All right. Welcome back. So we have some stories not captured on the other articles over here on creepycatalog.com. This is called 76 of Scary Movies Based on True Stories, written by Chris Laverne. Horror movies are already scary enough, but these scary movies based on true stories up the creepiness volume very, very high. 
horror movies are already scary enough, but watching a scary movie based on a true story turns the creepiness volume up very, very loudly. For the purpose of this article, it's necessary to explain the difference between a movie based on a true story and one inspired by a true story. If it's based on a true story, you can expect it to faithfully follow the details of what happened. But as you might notice, several of the movies below were inspired by real-life events. There are also creators who intentionally obscure which parts of the film are fictional. Horror director Tobe Hooper started the based-on-a-true-story trope by marketing his movie The Texas Chainsaw Massacre as based on real crime when the plot didn't resemble any real crime at all and merely took some inspiration from the murderer and necrophile Ed Gein. More than a successful marketing ploy, Hooper said he was inspired to market his film based on a lie because he felt lied to by the U.S. government about then-recent events like Watergate and the Vietnam War. In real life, American families were sitting down to watch the evening news and seeing violent video footage of war for the first time in history, and were becoming aware they weren't getting the full story about what they were seeing. In the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, not only is the villain wearing a man mask, conveying the idea that the real horror isn't paranormal or coming from outer space. It's literally man-made, though we have no idea what information we can trust, just like in life outside of the movie. These horror films are all more horrifying because in some way, they're based on reality, not just imagination. Here are the best scary movies based on true stories and the story behind the story. Targets, 1968. Targets is a crime thriller about a wholesome insurance agent who goes on a killing spree and a famous horror actor who is considering retirement because the news is so violent. Audiences are no longer afraid of this horror movies, of his horror movies. The wholesome character is based on real-life killer Charles Whitman, a former Eagle Scout, Marine, and engineering student who suddenly murdered his mother and wife before setting up shop inside a clock tower on the University of Texas at Austin campus. Whitman then spent 96 minutes on a shooting spree, killing 14 people and wounding 31 others. Quentin Tarantino said, Targets is still one of the strongest cries for gun control in American cinema. The film isn't a thriller with a social commentary buried inside of it. It's a social commentary with a thriller buried inside of it. It was one of the most powerful films of 1968 and one of the greatest directorial debuts of all time. And I believe the best film ever produced by Roger Corman. Targets is also remembered for his excellent retelling of the Babylonian folklore and appointment in Samara. Right, skipping past some that we've already mentioned. All right, Eaten Alive, 1976. 
Eaten Alive is a campy exploitation film directed by Tobe Hooper. The movie is about the owner of a rundown hotel in Texas who murders and or feeds people to his pet crocodile. The owner, Judd, and the basic premise of Eaten Alive were inspired by a man named Joe Ball, whose real crimes grew to urban legend status in parts of Texas. According to Texas Monthly, after Prohibition ended, Joe Ball opened a tavern in the small town of Elmdorf, Texas, near San Antonio. Ball's tavern was locally known because of its rowdy clientele, and also because of the live alligators Ball kept in a pool out back. A main attraction at the tavern was feeding time for the alligators, and Ball would sometimes throw in live cats and dogs to please his audience. Multiple disappearances of women in Ball's life, who either worked for him or were romantically involved with him, led police to begin investigating Ball, at which point he committed suicide. Ball was known to have killed two women. No evidence was ever found that Ball fed anyone to his alligators, but the rumor spread and grew over the years regardless. Though many of the women who supposedly disappeared from Ball's life were eventually found to be alive, some were never located. As casual as Ball seemed to be about killing, it's entirely possible there's some truth to the rumors. Friday the 13th, 1980. Originally titled A Long Night at Camp Blood, this iconic slasher franchise was inspired by one of the grisliest unsolved cases in Finnish history. On June 4, 1960, two teenage couples went camping at Lake Bodum in southern Finland. Between 4 and 6 a.m. the following day, three of the teenagers were stabbed and bludgeoned to death. The killer attacked them through the wall of the tent, rather than going inside or forcing the victims to leave the tent. The surviving 18-year-old was found outside of their tent with stab wounds and a broken jaw. He said the group had been attacked by someone dressed in the black with bright red eyes. Theories about the murders include the surviving teen, Nils Gustafsson, being the murderer, although personal items were taken from the scene and those along with the murder weapons were never found. A Finnish slasher movie, Lake Bodum, 2016, is also inspired by the case. Right, skipping past some that we've already read. Angst, 1983. A violent, disturbing, and intense film about a serial killer who is released from prison and immediately goes on the prowl for new victims. Angst is loosely based on real-life mass murderer Werner Nysik, who stabbed his mother when he was 16. She survived. After murdering an elderly woman, Nysik pled insanity and was released after eight years for good behavior. Upon release, he broke into the family's home near Vienna, where he tortured and murdered the three inhabitants. Nysik was caught with three bodies in his trunk while on a shopping spree with the family's stolen money. He said he was motivated by a sheer desire to kill. A Killer in the Family, 1983 this made-for-television movie is based on the true story where a father convinces his three sons to help him break in 
break him and his cellmate out of prison. They do. Incredibly, at the time, inmates' families were allowed picnics with them. The son brought a cooler filled with sawed-off shotguns and revolvers. After escaping, things spiral completely out of control, and the prison break story turns into an even more crime, including a killing spree. The real name of the father that started all of this is Gary Tyson, and the local Arizona newspaper has an in-depth explanation of his life and crimes. Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. I know I've already mentioned this one, but I'm going to read what they've put. For casual horror fans, it might come as a surprise that this 80s horror thriller from Wes Craven was inspired by an actual event and a partially disturbing moment in world history in Southeast Asia after the Vietnam War. After each of the Cambodian after the end of the Cambodian Civil War in the 1970s, the Communist Party of Kombucha took control of the country and killed over a million people under the rule of Pol Pot. The locations where this genocide was once done are known as the Killing Fields, and Craven was inspired by a family that escaped them to the United States, but one of their children ended up still having horrible dreams about being murdered. Wes Craven explains in his own words in a 1999 interview with Robert Emery. The history of a nightmare on Elm Street is kind of interesting. I read a newspaper article in the LA Times about an immigrant, a recent immigrant, to the United States. A young man who had complained to his parents about severe nightmares. I think they were from Cambodia. And he was assured that nightmares were not that unusual. And he shouldn't be so afraid. He started staying up, refusing to sleep, and the family became very concerned. They sought the help of a doctor, and the doctor prescribed sleeping pills. The young man apparently took them, and in the end, it turned out he did not. He was taking them and putting them aside. He had a coffee pot in his room, and after a, wh after a while to stay awake, and nobody knew quite what to do. At one point, he was downstairs watching television in the middle of the night, and he fell asleep. His family noticed, finally, that he was asleep, and they brought him up to his bed. The whole family went to bed themselves, thinking, thank God, he's finally sleeping. Then they heard screams an hour later, ran into his room. He is thrashing in his bed. By the time they got to him, he was dead. What makes this true story even creepier and unbearably morbid is that many of the young men that fled Cambodia during the genocide also experienced the same psychological terror, which was later classified as sudden unexplained nocturnal death syndrome. This is likely the newspaper clipping that Craven read in the early 80s. River's Edge, 1986. A group of delinquent teenagers in Northern California hear their friend confess that he killed his girlfriend. The group is divided with some professing loyalty to the killer and other, others grieving for the murdered girl. Of Keanu Reeves, the casting director said, he walked in the door and I went, oh my God, this is the guy. The controversial crime drama was based on the real story of a 1981 rape and murder of Marcy Renee Conrad in Silicon Valley. The 14-year-old was raped, killed, 
by strangulation by her 16-year-old boyfriend, who then dumped her in a ravine. Afterwards, her boyfriend returned with friends, thinking they might find it interesting to see her dead body. The boyfriend, Anthony Jacques Broussard, is still incarcerated in California. Oh my gosh. I can't believe this is one of them. Child's Play, 1988. Remember that evil, but also kind of comical, killer doll Chucky? That little guy was possibly inspired by a real-life haunted doll, Robert the Doll. In the 1900s, a young boy, Eugene Robert Otto, was given a doll, just like Chucky. The doll ended up terrorizing the child and other children that would inherit it. Now it's in a museum and advertised as a doll suffering from demonic possession. The staff where the doll is held in Key West report strange things happening around like Robert's facial expression changing, hearing demonic giggling, and some have even seen Robert put his hand up to the glass. As you can see, because they show a picture of him, Robert the doll does not really look like Chucky, but this is the doll where the whole Child's Play Chucky horror franchise possibly started. Series creator Don Messini has never confirmed the rumors, instead referring or referencing killer dolls in movies and on TV like the Zuni fetish doll from Trilogy of Terror, 1975, or Talkie Tina from The Twilight Zone, as well as the craze surrounding Cabbage Patch Kids as inspirations. Additionally, David Sloan, author of a book on Robert the Doll, outright refuted the claims that Chucky is based on a Robert in an interview for Florida Weekly. Regardless, the eerie parallels make for a fun story. All right. Too Young to Die, 1990. Too Young to Die was a TV movie about the morality of the death penalty. An abused team named Amanda Lewis is groomed by Billy Pitt, who gives her drugs and then suggests she murder the would-be rescuer who abandoned her, Mike. Amanda is arrested and tried as an adult, though she is only 15. She is convicted and sentenced to death. The story is inspired by the case of Anita Mary Canaday. Kennedy was a lifelong abuse victim and former child bride who had an IQ of 71. 28-year-old David Randolph Gray was charged and convicted of convincing Kennedy to help him murder her 29-year-old ex-boyfriend, Sergeant Ronald Wolgic. Kennedy was only 17 at the time of the murder and was sentenced to death by lethal injection. The sentence was later changed to life imprisonment and she was released from prison in 2008 on parole. The People Under the Stairs, 1991. Wes Craven wrote the script for The People Under the Stairs based on a newspaper article he read about two black men who intended to rob a home in Los Angeles. To their shock, the burglars discovered children were being held hostage in the home by the home's owners. Police became involved and the couple was arrested. What appealed to me was the thought of a hidden truth that was radically different from the surface appearance, 
And the fact that this was taking place in a neighborhood where supposedly people were enjoying the good middle-class life. All right. Killer Among Friends, 1992. This made-for-television movie starring Tiffany Thyssen while she was still playing Kelly Kapowski in the hit series Saved by the Bell. The movie was based on the real-life murder of a teen named Missy Avila in California. Missy had been friends with Karen Severson since the two were eight years old. When she was 16, jealousy caused Karen and another friend, Laura Doyle, to murder their close friend. As Missy's mother struggled to find answers for three years, Karen helped her search for Missy, and even tried to move into Missy's bedroom. In 1990, Karen Severson and Laura Doyle were convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 15 years to life in prison for Missy's murder. They have both since been released. Wow. Candyman, 1992. Oh my gosh. Candyman is a supernatural horror movie about a ghostly entity called Candyman who appears when you say his name in a mirror five times. Although the film's original inspiration is a Clive Barker short story set in Liverpool, it was changed to Chicago for the film. Coincidentally, the location chosen, the Cabrini Green Housing Project, was the site of a real-life murder of a woman named Ruthie Mae McCoy. McCoy was killed by an intruder who entered her apartment through the bathroom mirror, which is connected to the adjacent apartment. Fire in the Sky Fire in the Sky is based on, not inspired by, a story in Arizona from the mid-1970s. That sounds unbelievable, but corroborated by several sources. You can find all the details in a book by Travis Walton that explains his encounter with a UFO in 1975. He and about half dozen other members of a road crew were dazzled by yellow lights in the sky that, upon further explanation, was a UFO. The object struck Travis with a light beam and appeared to kill him, and the other members fled. Instead of being killed, though, Travis was discovered five days later, naked, shaking, and a dozen pounds lighter. He claimed to have been taken aboard the spaceship. Disturbingly, all the other members of the road crew, who were returning to town without Travis, were initially suspected of murdering Travis and concocting the story to save themselves. They all passed polygraph tests. Wow. I bet I could do a whole episode on just that. The Untold Story, 1993. On August 4th, 1985, 10 people, all members of the family of a man named Zing Lin, were stabbed and strangled to death inside a Chinese restaurant in Macau, Lin owned the restaurant called The Eight Immortals, and he owed a significant gambling debt to a man who had fled Hong Kong years prior because of another gambling-related murder. The killer, Huang Zing, claimed that Zing Lin and his family had left the country, and he reopened The Eight Immortals restaurant just a few days after the murders. Zing ran the business for months before the police finally arrested him. 
media coverage of the horrific crime in its aftermath gave rise to an urban legend in which people claim Zhang used the bodies of the Lin family in the pork buns sold at the restaurant. In 1993, highly acclaimed actor Anthony Wong starred in The Untold Story, a movie based on the Eight Immortals murders. Wong plays Wang Shi Hang, an alternate spelling of Huang Xing, as a creepy and deranged man with a te terrifying temper. This movie seems to depict the killings rather accurately, getting to the basic details on screen while sensationalizing the story with disturbing violence and a whole lot of gore. The movie also focuses on the team of police investigating the murders. The antics of the police add quite a lot of humor to the film, which makes the violence feel even more unnerving. All right. Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers has a complicated and upsetting history. The plot for the supernatural horror movie is based on a real-life murder mystery that was featured on an episode of true crime show Unsolved Mysteries. On Easter Sunday, April 15, 1990, siblings Ray and Marie Thornton went for a drive as they often did to pass the time. They noticed an aggressive man driving a truck with a particular license plate. They saw the truck a few miles later at a church and noticed the driver looked like he was disposing of a body wrapped in a bloody sheet. The siblings called the police, and it turned out they were right. The driver was Dennis Depew, and he was getting rid of the body of his wife of 18 years, Marilyn Depew. Dennis died by suicide while being apprehended by police. While it may not have much to do with the plot of the movie, there are also disturbing facts that director of Jeepers Creepers, Victor Salva, is, con is a convicted pedophile. What's even worse is that the boy he was convicted of preying on was a child actor from his first film, Clown House. Despite having filmed himself raping a child and being convicted of the crime, Salva was given a second and third and fourth and fifth chance not only to make films, but to work with young actors. Wow. Nathan Forrest Winters, in a 2017 interview... He spent the better part of a year grooming me and my parents, developing the trust. It was very calculated and a long process, as it is with most pedophiles. The Eye, 2002. One of the scariest movies ever made, The Eye is a Hong Kong Singaporean horror film about a violinist who gets a cornea transplant to have her vision restored. Unfortunately, in addition to her sight, she is now able to see creepy figures that predict the deaths of those she comes into contact with. Upon investigating, the woman discovers her eye donor, Ling, had a paranormal gift. An American remake with Jessica Alba was made in 2008, though a better American story about seeing things that aren't there after an eye surgery is the phase one clinical trials segment of VHS 2. The Eye was directed and co-written by the Pang brothers, who were inspired by a real newspaper article they read about a 13-year-old girl who was able to see after a cornea transplant, but died by suicide shortly after the operation. Unfortunately, little information is available about the case. The film's penultimate scene 
is also based on true events of the 1990 Bangkok gas explosion in which 88 people were killed. All right, welcome back. Hard Candy, 2005. A 14-year-old vigilante traps and tortures 32-year-old man, Patrick Wilson, who she believes is a sexual predator. Producers David W. Higgins was inspired to make the film by a 2020 episode about Japanese schoolgirls who assaulted and mugged men who tried to prey on them. Brian Nelson wrote a script based on Higgins' interest in the idea. The Host, 2006 Bong Joon-ho's The Host is a monster movie about a girl who is kidnapped by a giant amphibian and her family's quest to rescue her. In the film, the monster is created by American scientists who dump 200 bottles of formaldehyde into the Han River. This mirrors a real-life event where an American military official was caught dumping formaldehyde into the Han River. Joon-ho was also inspired by an incident in high school in which he believes he saw a monster climbing on the jazz, the Jamsil Bridge. In 2000, Albert L. McFarlane, a civilian official in the U.S. Army, ordered the disposal of 470 bottles of formaldehyde in the Han River. That was the start. Most monster films have a setting for the cre creation of the monster, and I thought that this was an incident I could use to develop a story about a monster coming out of the Han River. However, I wanted the main theme to be centered on family. He's talking about his inspiration. Them, 2006. Them is a French-Romanian film with subtitles, but isn't, heavily, isn't heavy on dialogue, and the suspense and home invasion scenes will translate to any language. The film's intro states that it's based on a true story, and it follows a couple who live in the country as violent assailants, unseen until the end of the film, try to break into their home. The real true story the film is based on is that of an Austrian couple who were attacked and murdered by local teenagers while vacationing in the Czech Republic. Because the story is unverified, the film has been criticized as being racist for portraying non-European Union children as savages. For context, then was released the same year Romania was added to the EU. Vacancy, 2007. Vacancy follows an unhappy couple as they stop at a dilapidated roadside motel in the middle of nowhere. While the story of discovering the motel owner is part of a snuff film ring, it's totally made up on not based on any particular real-life case. There is a real-life story of a motel owner who created crawl spaces in the ceiling above the rooms for him to watch his guests. Famous journalist Gay Talese published a letter from such a motel owner who said he spied on his guests for over 15 years. Wow. These are ones that, like, you hope aren't true. <laughs> Changeling, 2008. 
The plot of Changeling would be unbelievable if it were not verifiably true. Christine Collins is reunited with her missing son. However, she realizes that the boy is not actually her son. When Christine tries to correct the error, the police call her delusional and gaslight the public into believing she's an unfit mother. Christine is then sent to a psychiatric, psychiatric hospital against her will, where she meets other sane women who have been sent to the hospital for publicly disagreeing with police or public officials. It was later learned that her son had likely been a victim of the 1928 Wineville Chicken Coop murders in Mira Loma, California. It shows a, looks like a tweet or something, maybe a Tumblr. No, it's a tweet. Uh, Praxis makes perfect Alex Pikes something. Thinking about the time in 1928 when the LAPD couldn't find a missing child, publicly reunited the mother with some random kid to save face, and then institutionalized the mother when she tried to tell people it wasn't her son, rather than admit their mistake. Let's hope we don't repeat history. All right, Haunting in Connecticut. Supposedly based on the real-life Snedecker haunting in the Southington, Connecticut, Ed and Lorraine Warren say the house used to be a mortuary and the former owners were necromaniacs. Carmen Snedecker was told the story of her family's time in the haunted house on the TV show, A Haunting and Paranormal Witness. However, others say the Warrens were grifters who made up stories to sell books. Like the real story, the trouble in the movie starts when a family moves into a new home, but pretty much everything in this haunted house movie is fictional. The home's current owners say there's no evidence it was ever used as a mortuary or a funeral home, and they haven't experienced anything paranormal at all. In fact, they say the worst thing about the house is the trespassers who try to get close to see the ghosts from the movie. Oh my gosh. Can't believe this one's on the list. The Human Centipede is a notoriously violent and gross Dutch body horror movie written and directed by Tom Six. It, it is about a deranged German surgeon named Joseph Heider who performs gross, grotesque experiments on human victims he drugs into submission. Six was inspired by his own joke about punishing child molesters by stitching their mouth to the anus of a fat truck driver. He was also inspired by learning about Nazi medical experiments conducted on human victims during World War II. One specific inspiration was Joseph Mengiel, known as the Angel of Death, who loved his role selecting victims for the gas chamber at Auschwitz so much he was known to smile and whistle during his shifts. That was disturbing. <clears throat> Mengiel infamously conducted experiments on surviving concentration camp hostages with no regard for his victims' safety or suffering. He especially targeted twins, people with heterochromia iridium, people with different colored eyes, dwarfs, and anyone else with physical abnormity. 
Majil's experiments included elective amputations, infecting one twin with a deadly disease, and injecting chemicals into the eyes and hearts of living victims. He routinely killed surviving victims of his experiments so that he could dissect their bodies. When it became clear Germany was losing the war, Mangil fled to South, Af South America, where he lived until his death by accidental drowning in 1979. His son, Rolf Mangil, said that his father never displayed re remorse for his war crimes. That was disturbing. All right, Haunting in Connecticut 2. A standalone sequel to The Haunting in Connecticut, The Haunting in Connecticut 2 is actually about a haunting at the Wyrick House in Alersi, Georgia. After moving into a new home in rural Georgia, a girl begins to have visions of the property's gruesome past. Later, they learn their home was once part of the Underground Railroad. My Friend Dahmer, 2017. This odd autobiographical, autobiographical film is based on a 2012 graphic novel by cartoonist named John Durf Backdurf. Backdurf knew Jeffrey Dahmer in high school and goaded him to perform a series of pranks that were half done in friendship, half done as bullying. It details how Jeffrey's mind fell apart and he lapsed into severe alcoholism after his parents got divorced. And it ends with Jeffrey picking up a hitchhiker and asking him if he wanted to drink a few beers. This wound up being his first real life murder victim. The Clove Hitch Killer, 2018. The Clove Hitch Killer is a fictional betrayal portrayal of a man of a family man who also happens to be a serial killer. If the elements of the film seem familiar, it's because the character is based on the real-life BTK Strangler, who terrorized Wichita, Kansas between 1974 and 1991. Outside of the murders, Dennis Rader had a wife and children who were shocked to discover he was actually a killer. Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile 2019. This Netflix original tells the story of one of America's most horrific serial killers, Ted Bundy. The film, which was written by Michael Wary, uses the memoir of Ted Bundy's longtime girlfriend, Elizabeth Kendall, as its primary source material. The book is called The Phantom Prince, My Life with Ted Bundy, and you can buy it on Amazon to give the film more context on what is dramatized and what is real. It also includes chilling photos of Elizabeth and her daughter's life with Ted. The movie is quite disturbing and does a good job of showing what it would be like to be a young girl or a young single mother involved with a predator like Ted Bundy. The Lighthouse, 2019. Robert Eager's black and white horror movie about two lighthouse workers who are marooned together is inspired by an unfinished Edgar Allan Poe story and mythology about the Smalls Lighthouse in Wales. The old lighthouse brought about a change in lighthouse policy in 1801 after a gruesome episode, sometimes called the Smalls Lighthouse Tragedy. Thomas Howell and Thomas Griffith, uh, 
the two-person team that managed the lighthouse were publicly known to quarrel. When Griffith died in a freak accident, Hal feared that if he discarded the body into the sea, authorities might accuse him of murder. As Griffith's body began to decompose, Howell made a makeshift coffin for the corpse and lashed it to the outside shelf. Stiff winds blew the box apart, and the body's arm fell within view of the hut's window. As the winds would blow, gusts would catch the arm and make it move in a way that made the appendage appear to beckon. In spite of his former partner's decaying corpse and working the lighthouse alone, Howell was able to keep the house's lamp lit. When Howell was finally relieved of duty, the impact of the situation was so emotionally taxing that his friend did not recognize him. As a result, the governing body changed the lighthouse policy to make the lighthouse team's rosters of three people, which continued until the automation of British lighthouses in the 1980s. All right, the movie Run. 2020. Run is a psychological thriller film about a disabled teenager and her controlling mother. The filmmakers avoided stating it directly, but the film obviously inspired by the high-profile case of Gypsy Rose and her mother Dee Dee Blanchard. Blanchard seemed to have had symptoms similar to Munchausen syndrome by proxy and forced her daughter Gypsy to pretend to be younger and sicker than she actually was. After a lifetime of abuse, 14-year-old Gypsy and her boyfriend murdered Dee Dee and ran away together. They were later apprehended and tried for Dee Dee's murder. Gypsy was sentenced to 10 years and her boyfriend was sentenced to 25 years in prison. The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. This movie is about a famous case the Warrens consulted on, which was the first time someone tried to create a defense based on demonic possession in U.S. history. After the Glatzel family moved into a new house, they began to experience a haunting. During an exorcism, family friend Arne Cheyenne Johnson asked the demon to possess him, rather than the eight-year-old boy who was being afflicted. Months later, Johnson murdered his landlord in a crime he claims he does not remember. Horror movies based on real events? Psycho. The famous Hitchcock movie was inspired by Wisconsin murderer Ed Gein. The Honeymoon Killers is based on the story of Martha Beck and Raymond Fernandez, the Lonely Hearts Killers, who preyed on women who advertised for husbands in magazines. Deranged is also inspired by Wisconsin murderer Ed Gein. He's had a lot of movies made about him. Vengeance is Mine, a Japanese thriller that tells the story of a murder rampage by Akira Nishiguchi, a Japanese serial killer and fraudster. Cruising is based on the murder of gay men in New York City's S&M subculture. The Shining, this haunted hotel story is based on few elements of writer Stephen King's actual life, like Jack Torrance. King was also, at the time, a struggling writer who had suffered from alcohol addiction and worried about how his anger affected his children. Communion is based on author Whitley Stryber's real-life experiences with alien communication. No One Would Tell, the iconic made-for-television film starring Fred Savage and Candace Cameron Burr, is unfortunately based on a real-life story of Amy 
Carnivale, a 14-year-old girl who was murdered by her 16-year-old ex-boyfriend, Jamie Fuller, on August 23, 1991, in Beverly, Massachusetts. Urban Legend There are kernels of truth in several of the urban legends discussed in this film. There are also the fact that the movie's villain, played by Rebecca Gayhart, is motivated by a reckless driving incident in which another character ended up killing her fiancé. In real life, Gayhard pled no contest to vehicular manslaughter in 2001 after she hit a nine-year-old boy in Los Angeles, and he subsequently died of his injuries. Ravenous is loosely based on the story of the 1847's Donner Party and how they resorted to cannibalism. There's a Secret in My Soup is an adaptation of the Hello Kitty murder, a 1999 torture and murder in Hong Kong in which part of the victim's body was discovered sewn into a Hello Kitty mermaid doll. Wow. Human Porkchop is also based on the Hello Kitty murder case. Monster is a fictional betrayal of real-life killer Eileen Warnos. The Uninvited. Lee Soo-yong directorial debut was inspired by the real-life case of a woman who threw two children from the top floor of a building in Bushan in 1996. Concrete. It's based on the torture and murder of Junko Faradu, Farata in Japan in 1989. For, Furuta's body was discovered encased in concrete in a steel drum. Zodiac is inspired by the unsolved mystery of California's Zodiac Killer. The Right is based on a book by Matt Baglio about a real-life exorcism. Rust Creek, a crime thriller that sh shares a premise with the well-known unsolved mystery of Mara Murray's disappearance. Veronica. This movie streaming on Netflix takes place in Madrid, Spain, and is based on a real-life police report that purports a young woman conducted a seance with a Ouija board and then terrorized by a demon with several months of seizures and hallucinations. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a fictional comedy drama by Quentin Tarantino that contains the element of the real Hollywood of 1969, including the Manson family creeping around Laurel Canyon. The Scary of six, 61st, a dark comedy thriller based about the real-life crimes of Jeffrey Epstein. All right. Cool. That was a pretty, pretty good site. Pretty good article. Um, yeah. So with that, let's... Uh, Take a break and then close it out. All right. Sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. And in these cases, I wish I didn't know that some of these were based on true stories. But I digress. Um, thank you for listening to today's episode. And if you like it, Join us on our Facebook page, Paranormal Stories. Spooky Shiz is in parentheses. Um, that's Paranormal Stories, Spooky Shiz. And that's a great way to connect with me. Send, you, send me your paranormal story or post it for the group to read.
All right. With that being said, stay spooky, my friends. <laughs>